Have you ever had the feeling you were being watched? My name is August Cruz. A few years ago, I wrote a book called Stalker. It's a fiction about a man who becomes obsessed with a woman he's never actually met. Like most fictions, however, the story has its roots in real stalking cases. Over 25 million people have experienced stalking in their lifetime. Today, we're going to explore one of those cases. Hello everyone, I'm August Cruz. Welcome to episode 7 of My Favorite Prey. I know it's been a while. Uh, technical difficulties beyond my control. Uh, Alright, let's skip all that. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. I hope you enjoy, or at least are interested, in listening to true crime stories regarding stalking cases. If you've listened before, welcome back. Please keep visiting, and if you get a chance, spread the word leave a review, send an email to mfpray22 at gmail.com or preferably all three. Also, please listen to my friends at Between the Cracks podcast. They're a great podcast that explore all sorts of mysteries and the way that the host Bill and Chris present the topics is not only intriguing and informative, but quite frankly, it's funny as hell. So definitely give them a listen. You won't regret it. The case we're getting into now takes us back to 1968, and it actually helped change things regarding reporting stalkers. You know, laws were designed to protect people. I know that's a simple way to put it, but basically that's why. Obviously, not everybody abides by laws, whether it's petty theft, grand larceny, murder. There'll always be assholes like that. But at least when and if they're apprehended, the law sees to it that they pay for their crimes. Well, most of the time. Unfortunately, there are cases out there where a crime has been committed. The person or people were caught and the final outcome was, quite honestly, outrageous. And the law had to be adjusted. The case that we're going to talk about today fits in that category. Tatiana Tarasov was the daughter of Russian immigrants who were very protective of their daughter. So much so, that she would have had to hide when she would put on mascara. Because they complained about cell phone use. Anyway, she was a very bright young lady and wound up studying at the University of California at Berkeley. By all accounts, she was a good student very friendly, very popular. The only time her parents would allow her to go out and socialize would be at a few select dances at school. Well, as long as her brother Alex drove her to and from said dances. One being a folk dance function held at Berkeley's International House. This is where she met Prozenjit Podar. Prozenjit was a graduate student from Bengal, India. In 1968, he met Tatiana at a folk dance at the International House. He was a lonely immigrant student, and he quickly became enamored of Tatiana after watching her dance at the folk event. He introduced himself, and the two wound up hitting it off, so to speak. She kissed him at the end of the night, and Prozenjit couldn't take his mind off her. 
Now, let's face it, we've all kind of been there. Sometimes there's that one kiss that just leaves such an impression that, yeah, you can't wait to see the person again. But there's that and what this guy did. Mind you, this was 1968. And Perjerkoff, oh, sorry, Presenjit, was trying to acclimate to the times. He came from a very different background. He was born in the delete, or what's known as the untouchable class in the Hindu system. I'm No, I'm sorry. I'm probably massacring the term. <coughs> so the American experimentation of sex, drugs, and rock and roll was foreign to him. And enticing as well, of course. How could it not be? Being secluded from such freedom and then being thrust into the heart of it had to make an impression. And Tantiana embraced that freedom and unfortunately gave Presentia a taste. The two began seeing each other. Casually, in Tatiana's mind. They would go out for pizza and movies and hang out and have a good time together. They would enjoy each other's conversations and, yes, the occasional kiss and other intimacies. Can't believe I actually refer to it as other intimacies, but yes. For Tatiana, as I said before, this was just a time to enjoy each other's company and have a good time while facing the rigors of being a student. For Presentit, however, this represented something else. He became infatuated with Tatiana. He even wrote his family in India about her and said, quite naturally, the family looks to me to express my intentions. Yeah. Um, I should note that her family hadn't even met him at this point. This was something he just said. That'll give you an insight as to his state of mind. As time went on, Tatiana's interest in Prozenjit started to cool. Can you blame her? This guy would bombard her with messages, wanting to see her more and more. Wouldn't leave her alone. If it were today, with technology being what it is, she wouldn't have a moment's rest. She started to back off from seeing Prozenjit. His response to this was to show up at her house unannounced, including at her bus stop. Never mind the incessant phone calls. Because that's the way to endear yourself to someone, right? Surprisingly, she didn't respond. She actually became more distant. Prosenjit didn't take too kindly to that. He wound up becoming depressed and withdrawn. He stopped going to classes, associating with his friends. Instead, he wound up becoming friends with her brother, Alex. The same brother that would take her to the dances and bring her back home. I don't know how this happened, but they wound up being roommates. I hate to grandstand, but... If someone was feeling this way about a sister I had, and she had no interest in him, last thing I would want to do is live with this person. That's just me. Feel free to mock me via email. 
Tatiana was nice enough to hang out with Presented again, though, despite all the crazy that he was showing her. This speaks to what a good person she was and what character she had. Again, he became very intense and would secretly record their conversations and play them back to show how duplicitous, quote-unquote, she was being and how he claimed she was toying with his emotions. He even showed her his journals that detailed their conversations. Now, I don't know, but on a date, you're going to be doing this? I mean, it's wrong to do it in the first place, but seriously? She dismissed his actions, just telling him that he was acting crazy and needed to relax. Good advice. Something, however, no sociopath wants to hear. And that's pretty much what he was, a sociopath. I don't know if you guys know what a sociopath is defined as, but he defines that. Somebody who is antisocial and doesn't like other people and unfortunately really doesn't have a whole lot of remorse for the things that he does when he interacts with them. Since he wasn't getting anywhere with his romantic displays at winning Tatiana over, he started seeing a campus psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Larry Moore. Dr. Moore was concerned with Prozenjit's obsession with Tatiana, especially after Prozenjit mentioned that he was thinking about buying a gun and wondered what it would be like to blow up her house. Yeah, I'd say that's a reason for concern. He was briefly detained, but since Prozenjit had no past history of violence, he was released and was just asked that he give his word that he would stop communicating with Tatiana. Yeah, good call there, Doc. Prozenjit agreed and soon after stopped going to therapy. Great job. Less than two months later, Prozenjit showed up at Tatiana's house. They spoke, and she asked him to leave. In response, he pulled out a pellet gun and began shooting her. Tatiana ran, but Prozenjit caught up to her. With all his supposed love, he couldn't stand the situation fact that she didn't love him in return was just something that he couldn't comprehend. He couldn't fathom why this girl that he had been so focused on, dedicated to, couldn't return the love that he so freely offered. And so, he did what he thought was the only viable thing to do in that instance. After having shot her, wounded her. She was lying there in front of him, on the ground, completely, completely at his mercy. He took out a butcher knife. Standing over her, Tatiana, weak from the pellet shots he pumped into her torso, 
pleading for mercy. Something that she would never get from this guy. Her blood tainting the ground she lied on. Prozenjit stabbed Tatiana repeatedly until she lay still. And eventually gasped her last breath. Afterwards, this piece of shit calmly and coldly walked back into her house, called the police, and told them, I just stabbed my girlfriend. When the cops arrived, he looked at them and in the same cold manner said, Handcuff me. I killed her. Tatiana was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital, unfortunately. Want to get really pissed off? Prozenjit was found guilty and sentenced to five years in jail. Yeah, you heard that right. This guy got five years in jail for doing what he did. On appeal, however, to get you even more pissed off, the judge released Prozenjit on the grounds that he returned to India. Because that'll solve everything. Well, he did. He returned to India. Guess what? He married, has a child, and now lives in Germany. You can look him up. He actually has credits listed as a music producer, if you can believe it. Tatiana's parents filed the lawsuit against the university, stating that they knew that Prezenjit had said that he planned to harm Tatiana. What resulted was the Tarasov versus Regents of the University of California. The Supreme Court of California held that mental health professionals have a duty to protect individuals who are being threatened with bodily harm by a patient. Now, the original 1974 decision mandated warning the threatened individual. But a 1976 rehearing of the case by the California Supreme Court called for a duty to protect the intended victim. The professional may discharge the duty in several ways, including notifying police, warning the intended victim, and or taking other reasonable steps to protect the threatened individual. The reason stalking laws are in place is to protect people, both men and women, from those who lose touch with reality and think it's okay to insert themselves into the lives of those they've become obsessed with. Pozenjit thought he found everything when he came to America. The dream of attending a university that would afford him a path to his dream of studying naval architecture. In his pursuit, he found another dream in Tatiana Tarasov. Sadly, his pursuit ended in tragedy and the loss of Tatiana's dream. is usually the case with stalkers. Their victims pay for their selfish and distorted dreams. That's why I end every episode the same way. If you or anyone you know
have experienced a stalker or think you may have, please don't hesitate to contact Safe Horizon at 800-621-HOPE. That's 800-621-4673. They're available 24 hours a day, and even if they aren't in your city, they can help you get in touch with a local support center. Take care of yourselves. Watch your surroundings. And I hope you join me again.